0: My name is Adobe Induka. I'm the operations director here at Mill City Church, and it is truly an honor and, um, and truly humbling when you know, I'm asked to bring the word of God. So here we are. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have brought us here safe and sound, and Lord, we want you to speak. We came here to hear you, to see you, to feel you. Lord, All of you, Father God, speak to us. Open our hearts so we can receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so about two months ago, I went to a leadership conference in North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, I did not rent a car because renting a car is ridiculous. It's like foolishness. And so I decided to do Lyft. I tried Uber, but, you know, Uber, mm mm-mm. So Lyft for me okay i did lift so i had different drivers and there's one particular driver that i had who of course i first was like are oh, you a believer i was like yeah i am you know i'm you know i ain't scared i'm not hiding it yeah i am and he goes in talking about different passage of scripture trying to break it down and interpreting what it means and i'm sitting in the car like ah. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> but at the same time, I, cannot, I kind of understood him because I used to be that person. In this, okay, just be honest. Have you met somebody that used to do the stuff that you used to do? And you looking like, ha, 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 ha. You try not to judge because you know you used to do that, but you've grown, you know? And you're like, is that how I look like when I do that? Jesus. The blood, the blood, the blood. Okay. <laughs> so I am sitting there and I'm like, I cannot judge this man. This is what I used to do. And then I was like, oh, my God. This is not the way. So, man, I had to sit and go, okay, Lord, because, you know, I had to do that myself. I was like, okay, Lord, how does it look like for your kingdom to permeate in our lives? What does that look like? And to me at the time, it was like, man, just... Bust out the scripture anytime. Everybody asks me, how you doing? Blessed and highly favored. The Lord is good. Amen. Like, it's like, child, calm down. Just say, I'm doing fine. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with that. But that's, listen, that was my interpretation. That's how the kingdom permeates in my life. So we are going to discuss that because I had to ask that question. And we are going to look at um, a parable here. It's actually a set of parables. So I'm going to get into it. It will be Matthew Chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. So I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. That's the translation up here um, in the screen. But you can read in any other translation you like. All right, so it reads, here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. So if you are new, and this is your first time joining us, we are in a new series titled The Kingdom Is Like— And Pastor Donna kicked us off on that two weeks ago, and she preached on the parable of the sower. And Rev Steph preached last week on a set of parables, which is the hidden treasure and the pearl. And so my assignment today is the mustard seed and the yeast. This is a set that happened to be together. So just a quick review. Let's talk about what the kingdom is. What is the kingdom? The kingdom refers to the reign of the Most High God, breaking into the world, who wrapped himself in flesh and came to the earth as a baby, not like an adult like Adam, but a baby who grew up in a comforter's home in Nazareth. He conquered sin and death through his death and resurrection, leaving us with the Holy Spirit to teach and guide us to all truth. Jesus tells us that this kingdom it's in our midst, and the question is if we will proceed it and join in. so the book of Matthew focuses heavily on Jesus te- teachings, and as you read this book and I, at least for, at least for me as I read this book, I noticed initially Jesus' teachings was not in parable. it was plain straight up up front it turned to it turned to be parables. By chapter 13 there was a switch and then I'm like okay what happened so when you read and you go back to chapter 12 you notice that after Jesus healed a man who was possessed by demons who was blind and could not speak the Pharisees of his days accused him and said oh he's doing that because he's doing it in the name of the devil he has demons in him. That's why he's casting them out. And let me tell you, Jesus clapped back game, bruh. He was like, okay, what you not going to do? Okay, he didn't say it like that, but I'm just saying. That's my, that's my you know, interpretation. He was like, if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided, fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. He didn't stop it. He kept on going. Anyone who's, who's, um, who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who's who's not working with me is actually working against me. If you speak against the Holy Spirit, you will never be forgiven. That's one sin Jesus said. If you commit, you will never be forgiven in this world or the next. So as soon as Jesus did all that, he was like, all right, time to switch this up. We're not going to make this plain anymore. Time for parables. And I noticed that his disciples asked them, um and um in matthew 13 verse 11 they were like why are you teaching the people in parables like officer why the shift and he says the secrets of this kingdom are not taught but are revealed to those that follow him basically i'm not telling the people they don't know it is i'm revealing it to you it is not taught it's revealed so now jesus now makes the switch and it says, if you want to know about this kingdom, now you have to follow him. You have to be committed, and then he can reveal it to you as you follow him. So for those of you that don't know what mustard seed looks like, I definitely didn't. I had to Google it. Amen. This is the picture of what mustard seeds look like. That's a bunch of them. And then this is the size of one. This is what one looks like against a penny. So it's 2 millimeter in diameter, and the penny is like 19.05 millimeters. So it is very small. And it's interesting how Jesus describes a kingdom starting with something so, so small. And back in those days, that is actually the smallest seed that was common for people to plant. And Jesus decided to use that to describe um, the kingdom. So in this parable of the mustard seed, God is a planter. The kingdom is the mustard seed. The field where he plants this this mustard seed is us. And then God himself causes the seed to grow. We can't do it. We definitely cannot do it. And then the birds that um, create a nest on the tree when when it grows all the people that we are supposed to bless. And so as I'm reading this, I from what I'm getting at, what the nudge that came out of me is, this must and can also represent the calling God has for us. Something real small, something real small. And this calling is not something really big it's just really a, a purpose for why he created us. And this purpose is an answer to a problem or problems i don't know about you but in the life we're living in in our community there's a lot of problems and god decides to call each and every single one of us giving us a purpose a purpose that will solve these problems that we see in the world the question though however is are we willing to say yes to his calling Are we willing to answer to his calling over our comfort because it is not comfortable? Are we willing to accept his purpose for your life rather than your passion? Because sometimes your passion is not your purpose. Are you willing to be an answer from God rather than an agitation? The calling is not about us, but it is about the people God is trying to reach. When we say yes to his purpose for our lives, God begins to do the work in us, making us an answer. We enter the process of becoming an answer to a specific problem. Not all problems. We're not called to everything. We're called to do one or maybe two specific things. And through us, God wants to solve that problem or problems. Our yes is like the seed and God grows a mighty tree that can bless others which now in that parable represents the, the birds. The call is not about us. Now as, we go, uh, as I'm reading through I'm looking at the parable of the yeast, and I truly believe that the parable of the yeast describes what the kingdom then does in us. The parable of the mustard seed talks about what happens through us when we let him the tree grows and he helps other folk and becomes a blessing to other people but the parable of the yeast I believe talks about what the kingdom does in us now according to finecooking.com yeast has three major roles did y'all know that? I did not know that. I only know one well, according to them, they said, Listen, it has three purposes. One, of course, it's to expand. Second one is to straighten the dough. And the third one, it brings flavor. Did y'all know this? I did not know this. Maybe you do. Okay, maybe y'all bakers in the house. Y'all know this. God bless you. Amen. I don't bake like that. That's not my gifting. Um, that's not my calling. I'm more of the cooking side than baking side. But I was just like, oh. Okay, so now what does that look like for us and in us? When the kingdom is in us, it expands us. The kingdom will take us out of our comfort zone. It will break the chains of limitation of what God can do in our lives. The kingdom will grow our faith, and it will show us how big our God is. It will also strengthen us. The kingdom will give us conviction. It will give us power and authority in Christ Jesus to do what he has called us to do. And the kingdom will give us boldness. And, of of course, the kingdom will give you a life. It will give you a life. Okay, let me tell you this story. It's a little embarrassing, but we out here now. We out here. (laughs) So um, I had an opportunity to go to California for free uh, three With four days, three nights through my brother-in-law. Okay, I've always wanted to go to California. This was 2018. Always wanted to go then. You know, he called, he's like, Yeah, I got this thing from my job as a gift, but I can't go anywhere. So if you're gonna use it, I was like, bruh, what? Yes, I shall use it. And that covered the flight, the hotel, and the car rental. So I was like, All right, cool. Now Again, remember, I'm trying to learn this whole permeating thing, okay? I'm still learning. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, for you to open this door, maybe there's something you're trying to teach me, right? Maybe there's some conference over there. Maybe there's some church service going on. So let me tell you, I packed my thing, got to California, and I'm there Googling, like, okay, is there a conference here that God wants me to attend, but I didn't realize? Is there some um, uh, church service something? And as I am searching and trying to figure this out, I promise you, the Lord was like, Adobe, go and have fun. Go and have fun. I was like, what? <laughs> In other words, the Lord is telling me, go get a life. I said, Jesus, I thought you are nice. Come on. Like, I was offended, okay? I was like, okay, whatever, fine. So now I started searching of, places to go, to go and have fun. And I did. And I actually had a great time. And I thought, well, look at here. Okay. Okay. I like this. Who would have thought? Like, who would have thought? I honestly really thought that I'm there to go to some conference I don't know about, some meet some, I don't know, child. My mind was in Jesus in the kingdom. And he was like, "Uh uh-huh, and go have fun. Go get a life. (laughs) You know, your life is outside the church or outside doing conferences. And so I was like, all right, so I don't know about you, but since following Jesus, man, let me tell you, it is not boring. It is not boring. I don't care who, what possession you might have in your mind or who tell you otherwise, or if you're like me who grew up in a religious church and everything was Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, don't do this, don't do that, don't do, you're like, well, dang, I can't play no cards, I cannot play spades, I can't go to the movies, like, what, 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 what? but that's not the kingdom, that is so not the kingdom, Lord, I mean, Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly, so, yeah, you're gonna come and you're gonna have fun, now, the amazing example of this kingdom is our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that John describes as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him all things are made, and without Him nothing was made. The great I am, He came to earth as a baby, as a seed. We are the field. And he grew, y'all. Can you imagine being the mother of God and had to teach him how to walk, teach him how to talk? That is mind-blowing. And he grew. According to Luke um, 2, verse 52, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and had favor with God and all people. He didn't even step into his court until he was 30. 30 years old. And when he did that, preaching about the kingdom, going around healing, delivering, bringing hope, bringing comfort, including people who felt excluded. When he died, he rose. And something that he did over 2,000 years ago is still impacting us today. What a God. What a God. What a God. What a God. I don't know about you, but I want to follow this Jesus. But it's not easy to follow that, to see something that starts so small. And even the amazing thing for me is even John the Baptist, who pointed him out and baptized him, Later on, when he was in prison, had to send his disciples to Jesus and ask, Hey, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? Because what he thought the kingdom was, that's not what was happening. Because, you know, we always have an imagination of what we think something should look like. And then Jesus had to tell his disciples to go back and tell John the blind see People who are hungry are being fed. Those who are demon-possessed are free. Those who are captive are free. The kingdom looks way different than what we imagine. But we have to be willing to join in. Now, I surrendered my life to Christ in uh, December 10, 2005. Now, I have been going to church since I was a child. But I did not surrender my life until 2005, because it was easy for me to receive him as Savior. That was easy, because I didn't have to do anything but to confess and believe. But to receive him as my Lord and leader? Oh, child, that took a long minute now. That took a long minute, because that means you have to surrender, you have to trust. So it took me a while to get there, but I did. So I received that seed. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, because at this time, I'm having, you know, not such a good time in my marriage. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, now that I've surrendered my life to him, oh, he's going to come in and fix this. Yes, Lord. I was listening to other people's testimony and how they, you know, start off rocky. And when both of them surrendered their life to Christ, man, God did a work. And my God today, they are married 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, you know? So I'm listening to all these testimonies. I'm going to all these seminars, watching all. I'm like, bet if God can do it for you, he can do it for me. Amen. What you talking? So that's my assumption. And I'm believing. I am praying. However, the amazing thing that was happening was even though... My spouse at the time did not explicitly say he didn't want to be married anymore. His actions was doing the talking. Now, of course, again, I'm learning this whole the kingdom permeates in your life. You know, I'm still learning. Amen. I'm still a baby. And I'm thinking, oh, so I overspecialized. I was like, oh, that's the devil. Oh, that's demon. Come on, let's we're gonna pray, fast. I'm gonna sow some seed. You're gonna get delivered. And God kept telling me, I give everybody free will. But I did not understand what he was talking about, not until later. When I realized that in my prayer, in my fasting, I was asking God to abuse his power. To try to force somebody to do something they're not willing to do. And God would never do that because everybody has free will. You get to choose if you would say yes to him or no. Nobody can make you say yes. But man, I cried. I cried. And my heart was broken because I thought, just like everybody else's testimony, mine would be fixed. And I remember God Saying to me, in part of tears and in my disappointment, he said to me, "In every single testimony that you that you heard, was it just one person that was willing to surrender, or were there two people?" I was like, "Oh, you know how God calls you out, but you don't want to answer." <laughs> Ask your question, you know the truth, but you don't want to answer. Two people had to surrender. In my case, it was not the case. So went through a divorce. Two years later, I'm browsing through Amazon, you know, just looking through. And I saw a book entitled Love Like You've Never Been Hurt by Jensen Franklin. And I was like, huh, I didn't know he wrote a book. Cause you know, I, I watch him here and there, but I was like, I didn't know he wrote a new book. And I just wanna keep moving on and I just felt this tug by the book. And I'm like, what? I was like, first of all, I'm not sure, okay, I'm known for this and I have to discipline myself. I'm one of those people that buy books cause it looks good, it looks exciting, and then I don't read them. And it's, I'm just decorating my bookshelf. So I was like, nope, we are not gonna do this. I don't wanna buy a book that I'm not gonna read. But nope, he will not let me go. So I was like, okay, I guess this is you, this is not me. Because, you know, I have to discern these things, amen? I have to make sure it's not me. So I was like, okay, this prompting is strong, it's not letting me go, let me go ahead and buy this book. So I go ahead and I buy the book. I'm telling you, by the time I'm reading, before I can even finish chapter one, I'm in tears. Holding my heart because I was suffering from broken heart syndrome because my heart was broken. So I had this intense pain in my heart because of the strong emotional pain of rejection. And I wept and then I asked God in that moment reading this book to please heal me. And to my amazement, he healed me immediately. Normally, that's not my testimony with God normally. Normally, he takes me through a process, and it takes a minute or two, maybe 10, 15. But this happened. This was just different. It just happened immediately. And I thought, huh, who would have thought a seed, a book, God prompted this pastor to write. I don't even think he made the New New York Times bestseller list, honestly. I don't even think he made it. But he obeyed, published the book, and I obeyed him and bought the book, read it, and then experienced the kingdom and received healing. To God be the glory. Amen. To God be the glory. So the question I have for you is, what is that one thing? That simple thing God is nudging you to do. Because there are people on the other side of your obedience that need to know that God is real, that need to know that God hears their prayer, that need to know that God heals, that need to know that God delivers, that need to know that God understands. What is that one thing? Don't look at the word standards. What is that one thing God is asking you to do so he can bring the kingdom to people? At this time, I want to invite the worship team to come up. If you're here and you are struggling to receive your calling, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God opens the eyes of your understanding So you know that the calling is not about you, but it's about the people who God wants to reach, love, comfort, heal, and deliver through you. If you are here and you did answer the call, but you've lost your passion or you never have passion for it anyway, you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but fine, if you say so, I'll do it. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that he would store you up And make you hungry for more of him so that you can see the why if you are here and you have answered the call but your heart is broken first I want to say I am so sorry and I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you allow God to heal your heart tell him the truth about your disappointment but also stay and allow him to bring healing in your heart. Amen. I hope and pray that God speaks to you this morning and continue to speak to you throughout the week. And happy Mother's Day. God bless you.